Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called but of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. Right now, they're a very reliant team off set-piece launches to get into their their tries and also the fact that, you know, they need usually six-plus phases to score the majority of their tries is showing you there that, you know, they're kind of just bludgeoning teams over the line more than playing and up-tempo and, and their ruck speed is so poor at the moment. Ireland are just one game away from a grand slam and standing in their way is an England side hurting after an embarrassing record home defeat to France last weekend. Can Steve Borthwick's side turn things around in just one week? That is one question we will try to answer on the latest episode of the Left Wing Podcast. Will Slattery here, and I'm delighted to be joined by Luke Fitzgerald and former England international Alex Corbusiero. And Alex, you know, after watching last weekend at Twickenham, you know, so many kind of issues or problems with the England team at the moment. Where do you start when you're kind of drawing up a list of, of what needs to change, what needs to get better for England to be competitive again? It's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like after a game like that, you you you're left sort of shrugging your shoulders, thinking, where do we start? Where where do we fix this? And I th- I think for England, part of the issue is the contact area and not being able to you know create enough quick ball, quick rucks. I think they have like the second slowest to the slowest ruck speed in the comp at the moment, and a lot of that comes. I think we just don't have the same dynamism and contact collision winners that maybe England teams of old have had. And when you play uh, a team like France that, you know, are able to generate that sort of quick ball, especially when they were in in England's half um, and they could win the collisions, it really left England at sixes and sevens and it it stopped them really being able to do much uh, in that game. But it's also been a theme throughout the competition. England have had loads of possessions, loads of phases, um, you know, decent post-contact meters, but like no line breaks, very few offloads, very few, you know, they're not creating enough threat past the gain line and, and playing through and and actually scoring enough tries with the possession and territory they have. They've been very reliant on set piece. Um, you know, most of their tries have come originated in the 22 off a line out or a set piece. I think seven or so from there, four from broken play, but only one originating from outside of the 22, they're quite one-dimensional at the moment. And you get a team like France that nullifies those entries, that fronts up in the 22 against them, and then is able to go get quick ball and and score tries. And it's a tough recipe. So for me, 
you know, I got to look around at some of the selections and wonder, um, you know, are we getting enough bang for our buck uh, around the field? You know, I think there's a big reliant on Genji and Sinclair to create gain line and carries, which, hey, they are a luxury as, as front rowers who can carry and have that dynamism. But I also think it puts a lot of responsibility on them to carry. You're not getting a lot of carries out of your locks. Um, you know, Don Brandt went missing on the weekend. You know, Lewis Ludlam is into everything, but is he the is he the big physical, um, you know, maybe six and force that England might need at the moment? And then again, Jack Willis isn't giving you that with ball in hand. And his sort of X factor really comes from, you know, turnovers at the breakdown, niggle around there. And when England aren't winning collisions or slowing that ruck down, well, they are slowing it down, but aren't getting those shots and those turnovers. Guys like him can't influence the game as mu as much as you'd like. And so it it kind of then starts to unravel away from them, and especially being a new team, you know, they haven't got like loads of layers and identities to them of like plan B, plan C when the game's not going their way. And and that's just going to take time under Steve to rebuild and, and build sort of a an identity and, and, and layers to their game, which at the moment they're, they're very lacking, especially when you compare to a team like Ireland, which are so diverse and have so many different ways of, of threatening and scoring against you. A long list of problems there, Luke, that Alex has outlined. Like, from what he's saying there, you know, what jumps out to you from what you've seen over the last, you know, four matches? Yeah, look, I think Alex has, has completely nailed it on the head, um, you know, for, for me. I, I just think, um, you know, it's, it was very concerning. We talked briefly about it last night, Will, didn't we? Like, and, and I suppose, you know, you want to make yourself difficult to beat straight away, particularly when you're trying to build a game plan. Like there was, it was always going to be tricky for England in this competition to hit the ground running from an attack perspective. That takes a bit of time. You see this Ireland team, it certainly took them quite a while as well to, to bed in and to, to really get where Mike Cat was trying to get them to, to, to go to in terms of their, their attacking play. But I would look to your kind of big pillars. I think your set piece, your rooking and your, your defense, you're good at all those things. You're generally a pretty hard team to beat. Um, you know, set piece is probably less of a concern for me at this point, although I always think great England teams, and Alex will be, uh, he'll know this all too well, you know, they, they really, they're very physical, organized, and really difficult to get any any kind of, they're usually on top of you at set piece. Um, and I thought kind of Borthwick would have brought that part of, that, that, that part would have been a real strength for them straight away because of the the focus on the detail and that. I, I think there's room for them to grow in that in that respect. Um, I think defensively, I'd be very very concerned. They France, were, you know, took them apart very easily. And look, I know the heads went down a little bit, but that's probably just as concerning at Twickenham. Um, you know, and um, you know, they need to get themselves together. They need a rallying call. And I think this weekend, I'll be, you know, I think they will get a, a response from this team. They're not, there's a lot of very, very good rugby players in this England team. And yes, they're not the finished article by some some distance, but there's still enough good quality there for them to turn this thing around. Uh, and and it was, I was delighted to hear Alex focusing on the Rook because, as I said to you last night, Will, I have never seen an England team so poor at the Rook. They got completely bullied in that respect. I didn't even think... Like I look, I thought defensively that they 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 didn't miss a lot of tackles and they you know they got picked apart and they left spaces in bad areas etc. Uh, I think most of that stuff is fixable. Um, I would I would still change a bit of the personnel, but I'm not going to get into that right now. I think that, you know the, the rooking is the key thing for me. They were there was a lack of urgency. Um, you know, I think from from a huge amount and a recognition of a situ of situations where uh, you know France would be you know would have a possibility for for a turnover or a poach um guys not reacting quick enough body heights were poor they slipped off a lot of the contact um and i think you know 
that is something that you can fix uh, pretty quickly. I don't know if a week is enough time, but that's very, very concerning because, to my mind, you can't even you can't even get started if you're if the the heartbeat of the game is what Joe Schmidt used to call the rook, and it really is the heartbeat of the game. So um, that is a very, very concerning aspect of it, and I think it wasn't just down. Yet, yes, there was a lack of urgency, but I also thought um there was the technique was poor at times you know there was very little shoulder contact and as i said slipping off a lot of big hits and france were france are a big team you know that going into the game some great poachers like i thought dante had had his way with the england backs anytime there was a ball out wide he had about four or five turnovers i think throughout the game um so yeah the technique is something that they want to get right there pretty quickly and of course get that urgency in there you know you want to have the ball start if you're not being that creative at least starve the opposition of the ball um you know and create opportunities where you can keep pressure on them by having the ball penalty pressure scoreboard pressure and then good things can happen from there so um that's again a long enough answer but you know there was a a fair few issues for them to resolve i think but they're the key ones in my mind Alex, are you surprised there wasn't more of a kind of a new coach bounce with Steve Borthwick coming in? Like We were led to believe that Eddie Jones was the problem, that the woeful form in the autumn and in the last year's Six Nations was maybe down to him and having run his course. But then a new coach and a new coaching staff come in. And I know, obviously, he's had very little time to bet in ideas, but you kind of did maybe expect a little more lift, even losing the first game at home to Scotland in Twickenham, you know, kind of set things off on the wrong foot. What have you made of just that kind of, the lack of, I suppose, a new impact? I was hoping for a bounce, um, and and weirdly enough, uh, this I do think England have had one. Um, like, if you look at, I think what we're seeing now with England are the cracks of you know three years of neglect of certain areas of their game, which under which falls under Eddie Jones's watch, and you know that's part of the remit of a head coach. It's not just that you're a good coach, but overseeing the people under you, the the personnel you bring in. The, the chaos under the Eddie Jones reign of staff turnover to changes of coaches constantly to different detail to maybe bringing in coaches that weren't maybe uh, aligned with what was best with this England and the premiership and the English sort of style of IP. All of that's kind of come to fruition now. And Steve Borthwick is the one trying to fix these cracks and get them back on track. And as much as I hope for a new coach bounce, you've got to look at it like, only a few weeks is very hard to change when there's massive issues. If you look when Steve got the job in, I think, December or whatever, he, he there's a quote. He said something like, you know, I took a look at all all of our, uh, of the game, the team, the game, and I realized that we, we were good at nothing. And, and then I think that is the truth. And if you look at where England's set piece was in the autumn to where it is now, I do think Steve Borthwick's had a considerable impact there with Cockrell and those guys. The scrum is much better. I think they got the best scrum in – and line-out success in the tournament so far. You couldn't say that in the autumn. Their set-piece was cracking all over the place. Is it perfect, right? No. But is it on the upward trajectory to improving? Yes. Um, the issues for me come from like a lack of clear identity, uh, a, a, la- a lack of clear selection, and, and, and which you know continuity and style of play you want to have, and, and just not enough time to form a new identity. Because under... Eddie, it was kind of all over the place at times, and especially in attack, very hard to figure out. And then just the conundrum I think England have faced over these last two years is how do you play Farrell and Smith together? How do you get the best out of them? Or if you do have to go with which one, which one do you back and which style is the one that England want to try and play? And it's all of those things coming to fruition now. And and, and I just think England aren't 
in a place right now to just turn a switch and and be to where they want to be. I, I do have a feeling come a World Cup camp, come time and and new coaching and, and time together in that run into the World Cup, you will see more of that new coach bounce that we're talking about. But a lot of the issues right now are the the real like cracks or, or the the gaping holes starting to form from the cracks that I think have been going on for too long uh, at these last sort of this last World Cup cycle. Yeah, look, and one of the points Alex makes is something we've talked about before is kind of like the identity of this England team. Marcus Smith has obviously been playing well in the Premiership. He's kind of been chopping and changing his out half and his midfield combinations throughout this Six Nations, which isn't really good for betting in continuity. But you said before that you think England should go back to that maybe power-based game. Steve Borthwick looks like he's kind of trying to bring in that Leicester style that won a Premiership. But when I think a lot of fans are clamoring to maybe go in the Irish and French direction of playing more up-tempo, it's kind of like, what way should they go? Or what you know, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, look, I haven't changed my mind on that. I, I'm still not sure Marcus Smith is the answer for them at 10. I think maybe longer term he might be. But, um, you know, I think he's a small guy. He's got He's got a big heart. Like you can see, he's not afraid, but he's just a small person in international rugby. I always think Farrell is from a defense. I talked about defense earlier on, and I referenced it, you know, for a specific reason. I think they should have Farrell in there. I think as a ten, he he's a strong defender. I think if you get too laggy back, look, he's had his injury concerns, and, and and that's troubling. But that does change the picture for you there. Alongside, I think Slade and him are a really really nice combination. The best rugby I think England play is based around those two because you get a little bit of both. Obviously, you get the, the physicality of of too laggy and the guaranteed gain line. But Slade can kind of release those outside backs and. England still have plenty of threat, you know, guys like Watson and Freddie Stewart, all these, they're, they're, they're still have loads of threat out, out in the wide channels. Um, so they can pick you apart provided they get good, you know, good go forward ball. I think they could do with a few extra carriers in that pack. Um, just a little bit of dynamism. I don't know who you bring in there really to do that, but I'm sure there is like England has, they've, they've a wealth of, um, you know, kind of resources there and they will be able to find someone now, whether there's enough time for them to get it right before the world cup, I don't know, but they do need some more dynamism in there as well to come to complement someone like a Tuilagi. Um, you know, I think, <laughs> I, I was a bit unsure as to why there was a chop and a change. I think maybe Ron O'Gara made a good point to say, well, it's nice to have someone like Smith in in Twickenham. Uh, you know, it's a, you know everyone kind of rooting for him, whereas throwing him in in the Aviva might be a tricky tricky day out for him if he's just trying to bet in with the first team. Um, but I still think Farrell is the guy. I think he probably he probably didn't get selected off the back of a poor kicking performance. Is probably what I what I think may have happened uh, there in terms of the selection. Um, but I always think he's the kind of player, and he's got the kind of head on his shoulders that he'd get that right pretty quickly for you the next day out. So that one didn't make a massive amount of sense for me, and and I think that's the route I'd go. Will I would go back to that power game, really solid defensively, um, you know, big kind of set piece. As Alex said, you know, they are improving there, but. I think they can be dominant there. I think English packs should always aim to be dominant at set piece. Uh, they're big people. They're you know strong guys, generally very organized. Bortuk will have all those things in place and will place the emphasis on that. I think Farrell will ha- has, a, has a better kicking game too. Even though Smith has a lovely attacking kicking game, I think Farrell um, you know, is very, very consistent in, in, in that respect from, from a tense perspective. Um, one thing I would mention and be interesting to get Alex's view on is I think they're having a little bit of trouble at nine. Do you think they're, they're searching for an answer there at nine? I think, like, if you look at Ireland and Gibson Park had a massive impact on the weekend for, for Ireland, but Conor Murray is playing some good rugby too. It's such an important position on the pitch nowadays, that connection between the pack and and, and the back line. Um, any thoughts on on, on that? Like, is, is there... 
is the game up for some of the old timers? Like, like Care seems to be playing great stuff in the Premiership. As you know, like I don't know, is 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 Care the answer, or is there someone else there that you think is the answer? I I think that's a problem area for England. So a lot of things you just touched on there. Um, you know, first off, when you talk about you know, set-piece dominance, I completely agree. That's where England pack should be aiming for. The problem is they were so far off that it's going to take a while to get to the point where that's England of old. And a lot of that is on the previous forward coaching and what was going on there for three years under Eddie and not getting, you know, evolving with the times and now playing catch-up. Um, with collision winners and dynamism in the team, I completely agree. I'm shocked Manu isn't in the mix uh, more. Um, obviously, he's had the red card in the band, but... To not even stick that guy on the bench or to not invest in him when you've got a World Cup this year. I know he's had his injury problems and maybe Steve doesn't want to fall into the trap of, of betting the house on Manu and then he's not there when you need him, kind of a la 2015 with England. But I, I just can't see that guy not being on the field, especially where England are, are lack, lacking that little bit of explosiveness, gain line, quick rucks. You know, that that's a no-brainer to me. When you're talking about the back row and dynamism, I know a guy. He's about 140 kilos. He's got a bunch of caps. He's playing in the best team in the Premiership this season. Billy Vernapola, like, I am shocked that guy's not in the mix still. If you look at me from a back row point of view, if everyone was fit and healthy, my best England back row is still Billy at eight, Tom Curry at seven, a fit, fit Courtney Laws at six. England then get bang in the contact area. They still get line out with the three locks and they can actually play their sort of game. And you could ride a Toji and chess them together in the row because the problem you're getting with them is they're both sort of that niggly workhorse lock that gets through loads of work, that has loads of like positive involvements, but doesn't have that physical edge, which is ba like bashing dudes, giving the gain line and stuff like that. So you have to compensate that in your back row or you've got to bring in a lock like ribbons or... Um, Johnny Hill or someone with a bit more size and physicality to match there, potentially move Mara to six or whatever you want to do um, to, to balance that. Um, last thing you said as well at nine, it's a huge question mark. You know, Van Portfleet has sort of emerged as the guy, but England's attack, I would say, has not been clicking, has not been firing. The amount of, of rucks, possessions, carries they have and the inability to convert that into to line breaks, offloads, tries, points, um, is mind-blowing. Right now, they're a very, you know, reliant team off set-piece launches to get into their their tries and also the fact that, you know, they need usually six-plus phases to score the majority of their tries is showing you there that, you know, they're kind of just bludgeoning teams over the line more than playing and up-tempo and, and their ruck speed is so poor at the moment that, yeah, I, I've been, I know Danny Kerr got a, he got a, a like a last sort of, Last chance saloon with Eddie in the summer. That first get that game against Australia where he yanked him off. He's never been seen again. He's having the form of his life still at Harlequins. If you're going to play Marcus Smith, it, it's crazy to me that you wouldn't consider playing Danny Care with him as that partnership. You've seen what they can do together in Harlequins and everything. If you want Smith to be the Smith of Harlequins in England, I've always been fascinated why those two aren't in there together and you're trying to either use a Ben Youngs or a Van Portfleet who at Leicester play a very different style and brand of rugby to that and to what maybe Nick Evans ha has coached previously. And then the question is, where do you go after that? Do you go to Alex Mitchell? Do you go to the youth? Do you go, you know, Rafi Quirk has, has had moments. They haven't really got like a clear, you know, out and out nine that can maybe unlock defences. Because when you talk about Gibson Park, like 
what an impact he had on the game on the weekend. I think he came on around 50-odd minutes or so. Ireland's ruck speed at the time when he came on was averaging about 3.4 seconds a ruck. They averaged once he came on 3.0 seconds. So he in, just by changing the nine, Ireland in that last period of the game were managed to shave 0.4 seconds off their average ruck speed. That just equates to that response that you saw Ireland galvanize in that second half. They upped the tempo. They forced it. They didn't weather or, or crumble when they had changes at hooker, at line out. They're actually able to get penalties at the set piece. They rose to the occasion. And right now, England are a team that just, they don't have that answer and they don't have that, maybe that nine that, that helps unlock them. But it all comes for me from uncertainty of one, clearly how they want to play and clearly which way they're going. When you talk with either Smith or Farrell, it's not the same route. So you have to decide a bit more what type of team you want to be, what's your identity. And the real reason why I think Owen didn't play is bang on with the kicking. I think Borthwick wants to instill standards. He wants to instill, you know, a culture where you have to perform. And it's very hard to see your captain have a poor performance and then justify just rolling him out there again, especially when Smith tore the house down for Harlequins against Exeter or in that fallow week when um, Borthwick had said, I, I, needed, I told him to, to go show me he can boss a game. Marcus does it. it. It put him in a tough position to not stick with Farrell in that 10 shirt. Alex, what's impressed you about Ireland? You know, they're on the cusp of a Grand Slam, heavy favourites we mentioned going into Saturday. Like, what's stood out to you across the campaign? What hasn't stood out to me is probably it's probably a shorter answer. Like, um, I, I think they're a phenomenal team at the moment. I just think across the board, like the facets of the game are, are, are so aligned. The continuity, um, the, the versatility now as well. Like, I think last year, Ireland were just this team that had this unbelievable ruck speed. No one could handle that up-tempo. And I think this year, teams have thrown the kitchen sink at the contact area, trying to slow them down and trying to nullify that threat. And what Ireland have shown is, well, we can score a different way. We can play tight. We can back our set piece. We can score from further out. We can, you know what I mean? Like Ireland, Ireland have layers to their game. They have world-class detail across the facets, like the, the line-out, the set-piece under Paul O'Connell, the scrum is money, the attacking clear-out is incredible. They've got absolute clarity in how they want to play. They have playmakers that can control the game and are, are just having like a renaissance of their, of their years. You know, Connor Murray and Johnny Sexton by some might have been written off long, long ago, but these guys are just showing the ability to, to still hold it down and, and add layers to their game and evolve to being a team that's world number one like it, it, it's phenomenal you've got depth as well which I think is something that Ireland haven't had as much over the last you know couple World Cup cycles now you have some real depth across the board that you get one or two injuries and you don't worry about this Ireland team still being able to perform and I think they've showed that in the Six Nations by being able to win without certain guys or face adversity and then lastly I, I haven't touched on it but their defense is absolute money as well they they might have missed I think they have the worst tackle success in the the comp, but they they concede the fewest points. And I think they have the most turnovers or, or close to the most turnovers. They, they're just a team that even when they are broken, even when a team does get to their 22, someone stands up and gets that breakdown turnover or that big moment. And that's just a sign of a, a really good team at the moment. And that really comes down to the, the long-term planning, the structure, Andy Frowl, his coaches, the connections with Leinster and that continuity there. Like it's all formating to what is getting you to the, the world number one and making you a real force at this World Cup. Well, certainly we feel a lot more confident now after hearing it, that effusive answer. We might get the predictions now. Luke, I'll go to you first. Do you think Ireland will complete the Grand Slam on Saturday? 
Uh, I think Ireland uh, do complete the Grand Slam. I think the weather is meant to be pretty rough. It seems that there at the moment. Um, I'm going to say... I think we get a bit of a bounce from England. I think they, the, I mean, that was an embarrassing one at home for them. I think they're too good, as I said earlier on, to not have a reaction. So I think they get better. I think they, they're not as leaky as they were in previous weeks. Um, but I still think Ireland at home, too much at stake, playing too well, and looks like they might have a few key guys back, like Sheehan and uh, and Doris. So I think Ireland win it by a try. I think. Uh, so I'm going to say Ireland by seven points. That sounds like it'll be a nervy one. Alex, what do you think? Do you think England have any chance of springing an upset? No. Um, a short answer. Uh, I think I think England have an improved performance. Uh, I hope that they come out swinging and it's similar to that Scotland game that they keep it close at half time and show competitiveness, repel Ireland in the 22 a few times, maybe get a try or just kick with kick points and, and stay in the game. But then I just think a gradually accumulatory, I think Ireland have more gear gears and, and more, um, you know, diverse ways to win the game that I just feel like gradually over time they'll pull away and maybe it goes something like 25, 10 or, or 30, 15 or wherever it ends up at half time. But I just think Ireland will, will pull away a little bit later on. They just have just too many ways to score where I think England are too one dimensional at the moment to be able to, to, to handle a team like that. Well, it's set up to be a great occasion on St. Patrick's weekend in Dublin. I'd like to thank Alex and Luke for joining me. Snake Sam will have a podcast after the final whistle, hopefully talking about a grand slam with Rory O'Connor and Keen Tracy. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. Rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast.